Our Old Testament Bible reading this morning is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 11, reading from verses 1 to 9. Isaiah, chapter 11, verses 1 to 9, which can be found on page 697 of the Church Bible. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse, from his roots a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes, or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy, with justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt, and faithfulness the sash round his waist. The wolf will lie down with the lamb, and the leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearlings together, and the little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear, they will lie down, they will lie down together and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put its hand in the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Merry Christmas. Ah. That's better. Thank you. Well, now then, I wonder, who'd like to play a game? You see, our lion that we together won in our game of past the present, he is a little clue as to what our game is going to be. So, it'll help if you can keep page 697 open in the church Bibles. Uh, We're going to look together a little bit at Isaiah chapter 11. And as we do that, we're going to have a game that I like to call Animal Maths. Does that sound like fun? Animal maths? So you know how to do ordinary maths, yes? One plus one equals? Two plus three equals? Five. Five hundred and ninety-four thousand two hundred and twelve plus one million nine hundred and thirty-eight thousand two hundred and fourteen equals? Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, so animal maths is a little bit different. We'll start with the first two animals from our reading, uh, the wolf and the lamb. Let's just have a look in my, oh, I'll put on my animal wrangling hat, just for safety. Okay, so I've got my Christmas bag of animals, and the first two animals are a wolf and a lamb. Here we go. Here's the wolf. Good morning, Mr. Wolf. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Ah. Uh, And how are you feeling today? Hungry. Okay. Ah, and good morning, Mr. Lamb. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Oh. How are you feeling today? Delicious. <laughs> okay, so animal mass, wolf plus lamb equals wolf. Okay, let's just pop those two down here together. There you go, I'm sure they'll be perfectly safe, just left there on their own. That'll be fine. Okay, next bit of animal mass. We've got the leopard and the goat. Now, I couldn't find an actual leopard, so I've bought frog. Some of you will remember frog. Uh, frog is wearing his leopard skin frog suit. 
Okay, so this is the leopard, uh, and this is the goat. Leopard plus goat equals leopard. Okay, but that's fine. We'll just put them down here together. Here we go. That's fine. Who's next? Where have I put my Bible? Oh, I'm in all kinds of trouble here. Where? Where, where is it? <laughs> We're in the Christmas spirit already. There we go. Right. Um, so, in fact, no, it's under the bag of presents. Here it is. Right. Okay, they're not even presents. They're just props. Right. So, who's next? Uh, the calf and the lion and the yearling together. Right. So, uh, we've got a, a calf. And we've got a lion. And does anyone know what a yearling is? Flop Bonnie's going to stand in as the yearling. So here we go. This is a bit more complicated, this math, isn't it? So uh, calf plus yearling plus lion equals... Lion. Lion. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Anyway, we'll put them down there together. Um, Actually, a yearling is probably just like a a calf that's a year old. Uh, But anyway, um, Flop Bonnie can pretend to be... She's bigger than the calf. Okay. Right. And then um, a little child will lead them. Okay. So we've moved from animal maths to animal Christmas petting zoo. Okay, now I know we've got at least one farmer in, and uh, I'd just like to ask, Rowley, would you put the lambs and the wolves in together? No. Okay, thank you very much. That's exactly the answer I was hoping for. But look at this. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. Now, that's not how you do your farming, and that's not how you set up the petting zoo, is it? You put a bunch of dangerous animals in together and say, hey, will you just go and look after them, little one? But that is the picture that Isaiah paints. And then the petting zoo gets even more exciting because... Who do we put with the little child? There you go, just wrap yourself around. (laughs) The infant will play near the cobra's den and the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest. Now what mum would allow their child to do that? There you go, darling. If you could just look after the cobras while I cook Christmas dinner. Does that sound like a good idea? Yeah. I don't want to come to your house for Christmas. (laughs) But look at the picture that Isaiah paints. It's a picture of peace, isn't it? Peace that you cannot imagine. Every enmity, all the violence, everything, just gone. And all that is left is harmony and peace. The dream of Christmas is a dream of a world like that. This is what Isaiah says. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain... For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. This picture of Jesus who was going to come into the world. That's what the the shoot that comes up from the stump of Jesse that we read about at the beginning. Jesse was the father of King David. uh, And the, the picture is of someone who was going to be a descendant of King David who would come into the world and bring peace. 
and you're absolutely right, top of the class, that person is Jesus. And he is going to fill the world with the knowledge of God so that it's safe to put, not yet, (laughs) to put your children in with the wolves and the lambs and the lions and the leopards and the snakes. But the world that is coming because of Jesus is a world in which every sad thing has come untrue. How that's going to happen, we'll think about together in a few minutes. Our New Testament reading is from the Gospel of Luke and chapter 2 and reading from verse 8 to 20. Luke chapter 2, verse 8 to 20 which is on page 1027 of the Church Bible. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus. Right, now I've already got a volunteer for the next game. Would you like to come up? It's a bit terrifying, isn't it? It starts with a blindfold. I'm afraid to say it's not going to get a lot better than that. So, up you come. Welcome. Big round of applause. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas, young man. What's your name? Uh, My name's Alex. Alex. Alex, uh, tell us about your relationship to BH. Uh, so I grew up here um, from like zero to like 24, kind of coming back in and out. Um, and yeah, I used to be VSW here, so I used to do all the things that other people wanted to pass on to me, like coming up the front and playing ridiculous games. So, yeah. And the, the, the crucial thing here is that he no longer works for us, so this is not a health and safety problem. No, okay. <laughs> so what we're going to do... Uh, Alex, we're going to play a little game. If you could just pop the blindfold on, that'd be great. Just uh, make sure it covers your eyes. Okay. Is that tight enough? Yeah, that'll be. Can you see anything? Uh, Only underneath. Right. Okay, well, that should be fine. Um, 
So uh, we're going to play a game called uh, Drinky or Stinky. Okay? So I, I think it would be good to kind of get this going. So perhaps we could just like two or three times, we could just sort of chant, Drinky or Stinky, Drinky or Stinky, Drinky or Stinky, Drinky or Stinky. Okay, we'll do that every time there's something for him either to drink or that stinks. Okay? So we've got three drinks prepared. Well, just in case you've been looking from the beginning, I'll just mix them up a bit. Okay, here's the first one. Okay, now you're blindfolded. You can't tell what it is. Yeah. Right, okay, so here's the first one. So give it a good sniff. Make sure it's safe to drink. There we go. I think I can hear it. Nope. <laughs> tell you what, if you can hear the next one. Right, okay. Give it a good sniff. Okay, what do you think? Drinky or stinky? Drinky or stinky? Drinky! What is it? Pepsi Max. Pepsi Max. That's very good. I think that's worth a round of applause. Okay, here we go. It's the next one just coming. I don't even know if this will work as a delivery. Oh, there we go. Look at that. Might take a while. Just bear with us. It's all fine. There we go. Right. Are you ready? Got it? Drinky or stinky? 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 Like something that I think it's safe to drink, but it's something I don't like. Oh. So, stinky. Okay, fine. But for me, refreshingly drinky. Okay. Number three. Ready? Let's go. Drinky or stinky. Drinky or stinky. This could ruin my Christmas. <laughs> Stinky, Alex, thank you so much. Okay. A very wise former employee. Right. What's the point? How is this child who was going to be born, this promised offspring of David, how is he going to make the world a place full of peace? A place full of the knowledge of God. How is he going to make every sad thing come untrue? Well, he's going to do what every hero in the film does. He's going to get rid of the baddies. Look what he says. With righteousness, he will judge the needy. With justice, he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He'll strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. He's going to get rid of all the baddies, all the bad stuff out of the world. And all that will be left will be peace and harmony and joy. And how's he going to do it? Well, he won't judge by what he sees with his eyes. So the blindfold, that's right. Alex wore the blindfold. Uh, So it says he won't judge by what he sees with his eyes or by what he hears with his ears. Have any of you watched the BBC TV show over the last few weeks called The Traitors? Have any of you seen that? It's absolutely extraordinary television. Because you watch people desperately trying to figure out whether the people they think they know are telling them the truth or not. Trying to read people. And you realise that this is the huge problem of human justice, is that we don't actually know when people are lying. And we can't tell by looking at someone whether they're someone who's doing good or doing evil. But if you can't judge by seeing and you can't judge by hearing, what's left? 
your sense of smell. And amazingly, that is how Isaiah says this promised king will judge. It's not obvious to see in the English translation, but at the beginning of verse 3, when it says, he will delight in the fear of the Lord, the old authorised version translates it, righteousness or the fear of the Lord will be a savour to him, will be a sweet smell. And that's the language. It's the language of smelling something and being delighted. It's the language that in the Old Testament of the Bible, it uses to describe how God responds to the sacrifices of his people. It says they're a sweet smell to him. And actually, the Jewish people believed that the Messiah, the king who was going to come, would be able to judge by smelling. That's really, this is true. That's why they blindfolded Jesus after his arrest and beat him, saying, testify, who hit you? Because they believed the Messiah would be able to judge by smelling. And that makes sense when you think about it, because smell reveals things that your eyes can't see. That's actually why when you take the milk out of the fridge and you're not quite sure whether it's safe to drink, what you do is sniff it. They're actually training dogs to sniff out some kinds of cancers because the dogs can smell the cancer before any other diagnostic technique could recognise it. Smell reveals hidden things. So here's the thing, this king who's coming will be able to smell what's going on in your heart. Will know everyone's secrets down to the very deepest depth. And so he will judge perfectly. He will be able to get rid of every bad thing from the world because nothing will be hidden from him. I wonder how that makes you feel. My mum is a psychotherapist. Let me tell you, my friends were always terrified to come round after school. Because they thought she could see into their soul. But imagine this, she can't do that. Just in case you ever meet my mum, she's lovely. And she can't see, well she can a little bit, but... (laughs) Imagine this, you meet someone who knows everything about you. Without you being able to hide anything how would that make you feel I suspect that the way my friends from school felt would be how we would feel but all the more intensely nothing's hidden I can put on my Sunday best but that doesn't cover up anything I can say what I think someone wants to hear but that doesn't convince them of anything because they know what's really going on in my heart Well, a Messiah like that can definitely deal with the problem of what's gone wrong with the world, with the problem of the human heart, can get rid of all the baddies. But I suppose the question that's left is, who would be left to enjoy the Christmas petting zoo? I know that I wouldn't. I know that if you knew the deepest secrets of my heart, you probably wouldn't want to talk to me anymore. And I suspect you know that's true of yourself too. And that a king who comes who can smell what's going on inside you is potentially a really scary thing. When the, angels, when the angel appeared to the shepherds uh, to tell them uh, about the coming of Jesus, how did they respond? In our reading in Luke 2, it's on page 1027. How did they respond? What was their reaction? They were terrified because there's this bright light shining on them, this light from God. And they're thinking, 
who can stand in the presence of God? And what does the angel say to them? Do not be afraid. For today, in David's town, is born a saviour. This judge who's coming into the world that you can't hide anything from, this judge who's going to get rid of all the bad stuff, hasn't come just to judge you. He's come to save. So that even people like me, with the secrets of my heart, could be part of this wonderful, peace-filled, joyful new creation. Friends with God again. Now, how that saviour came to do that, I'm not going to try and take the time to explain that to you this morning, but I'd love for you, if you don't already know that from the inside, I'd love for you to come to know how it can be that you could meet God and not be afraid. How you could truly be yourself and know that God knows you from the heart all the way down and still loves you. Ben will tell us a little bit about one way that we can do that together in the new year in a few minutes. But Christmas is the most extraordinary, much more wonderful story than you ever imagined. Because it's a story of how the world can be turned back the right way up again, how the sad things can come untrue, and how actually the real me can meet with the real God and not be afraid. Because 2,000 years ago in David's town, a saviour was born.